And welcome back in to another episode of Tribal Council Chat. As always, we are your hosts. My name is Bruce Heller. And my name is Cornell. And let's dive in, dude. Episode 6 of Survivor 45. Um, great episode this week. I think one that we'll be talking about probably for the rest of the season. Um, but we're looking forward to it. Let's get started. Um, what I wanted to start tonight, Bruce, uh, let me know if there's anything you want to talk about in the beginning too, but is the reaction to the Brando blindside that we saw a week ago that I know you talked about with Kevin specifically with Kendra's reaction, who was taken a bit back by it. Yeah, for sure. It was, and that's expected from her, but it was a good move. I'm trying to, like, I was hoping Emily would go with Brando and Kendra and take Drew out, just my own personal preferences of who I like better, but... Overall, it's been an incredible. It was a great move, solid move from Kendra. I mean, not her reaction wasn't terrible. I get it. Like she's her upset. reaction to it was really smart. That she, we'll see how it plays out in the long run, because in the long run we have her. Saying she's going to get a revenge, and I don't know if that's smart. I don't know if how she's going to pivot going into a merge. But I think it was really smart for her to at least remain cool in camp and say she's working with the rest of the tribe. And then now that we're looking at moving to the much bigger stage of the game, really open to move in any direction that she wants to and sees fit. Yeah, and I agree completely. And... Real quick, before we dive into the rest of it, because it's a big episode, who is your player of the week for episode six? I mean, Caleb. Yeah. Getting, I mean, when did we ever think that Wentworth's 10 votes that were Kelly does not count would be topped by somebody? I'm glad you mentioned that. Because of that, this did remind me of Kelly negating nine votes with an idol. I have my Wentworth sweatshirt that on the front says, if you have, if you have, if anyone has an immunity idol and would like to play it, now would be the time to do so. And on the back, it just says Wentworth does not count. So shout out to Caleb for reminding me of that tribal, but awesome move from Caleb. It's, we've seen a lot of times where someone survives one tribal where they're the target and it just turns around for them and they get going. We've also seen people survive being the target in a way like this and then stay the target and stay on the bottom. So I was telling my mom that just about half an hour ago. Like, I could easily see Caleb survive this vote thanks to Shot in the Dark, which we'll go into a lot more detail on later. But... From there, it's like now we have Bello and Reba that have been forced to take out Jay, and that could kind of tip the balance maybe in favor of Bello, and maybe Caleb look is possibly going to look at sitting in the finale. Yeah, 
And since you mentioned her and that she did go home this episode, what were your thoughts on Jay Maya this season and just the game she played? I'm sure we'll get into her vote at the end, but I mean, it's definitely a great game. I mean, with all due respect, she was my pick in the um one of the bootless games I played to be the first person out this season and to go out as the kind of sort of merge boot, whatever you want to call it in the new era. Very well done to her, especially in this way. There was no, she shouldn't have even gone at this point. It's just, that's the way the new era games. Everyone starts with this one very medium risk, but like low, low, uh, low gain reward and Caleb was able to use it to his advantage. Yeah, totally agree. And so leaving Lou leaving um Bello post tribal, we see Lulu and they're all searching for the idol and searching for the clue. And then someone finds it. This guy right here finds it. Bruce and it's the beware advantage, so it's basically a clue. It's not an idol, but he loses his vote. And so what are your thoughts on this progression, watching him go through it? Interesting, because Bruce found this clue slash, like, beware advantage sort of thing in front of everybody other than Katura, who clearly doesn't like him. Yeah. That was a really interesting twist to it, where almost the whole tribe that sees him, though, was working with Bruce. So at that point, when he loses his vote, they all know, but they all, like, they were doing it as a tribe, so it's almost in the tribe's interest to make sure Bruce gets that idol and gets his vote back, because he could really try to use that to propel this new group forward post-merge. Yeah, and on top of him not having a vote till he finds the idol. Then a boat shows up and says, you have 10 minutes to gather your things. You're going to a different camp. Just imagine the panic that must have been going through his mind in that moment. I mean, you, at that point, don't even gather your things. Gather one thing, and it's sitting under your shelter. Yeah. And thankfully, he does find it. Someone asked, sent in a question. I was listening to On Fire while I was driving today. And they said, had he not found that, what would have been the case? Would he have still not had a vote or what? And the probe, game? Yeah, Probe's answer was the, he would have gotten his vote back if they would have gone to Merge Beach without the idol. The idol just would have been dead. And that opportunity would have been gone. So, ultimately, his risk level for opening that BOA advantage was pretty much nothing. Yeah, but he didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe but, I mean that's good. That's good to know cuz imagine if you went to merge and it was like you don't have the idol, you can't vote until the jury. <laughs> oh gosh. That's crazy. So so we've basically reached the point in the episode where all three tribes know that they're forming on the one beach and Probes can say it's technically not the merge. I'm going to call it the merge. They're all on one beach. It's just not the jury yet. So 
But the, for all intents and purposes, this is the merge. Yes. Underneath the like Thailand style merge, where they're now not competing, they're all living together. But they're also not competing as tribes, they're competing in randomly drawn teams. So I would say, yeah, they've pretty much merged, whether they call it it or not. It's not really earn the merge. It's more like earn the jury. Because, I mean, I still will think of Jemaya as the merge boot, whether she technically is or not. And then next week we'll get our first error. Exactly. I would agree with you there. Like, I always still say that Sydney is the merge boot of 41 when we first saw this come into effect in a much worse way. Yeah. And, I mean, let me just go back to that point before we move on into the challenge. Thank you, CBS, for fixing this whole earn the merge thing and listening to the fans. Yeah. Because really, I don't dislike the twist anymore. I think it's neat to see these two tribes and everybody gets a vote, but only half of them are eligible because they didn't win the challenge and therefore didn't get the merge feast. That being said, it's like, at least in this case, you're not having this ridiculous hourglass twist pop up after that then completely screws over the players that actually earn that right to be in the merge buff to begin with. Yeah, and Probst has even said, like, he's. I've heard him admit before how awful of an idea the hourglass was. So... Like, it was awful, but it, he got rid of it, and he's taken responsibility for how awful it was, so that's good. It's gone, and it's going to stay gone. Another Hopefully thought... Denny and Sydney come back for second chances, and then... <laughs> yeah, another thought before we get into the challenge, as I have a couple. First of all, I still just love Sifu and his entire positive, energetic yes. self. Like, him just cheering Let's Go Rain for an entire scene was hilarious to me. Yeah. Like, that guy's great. Oh, he, he was an absolutely great character. I love him. Hopefully and he's around for a while. Going back to Bruce for a second, we have a whole scene of him walking around the merge beach talking about how no one's talking to him. That's interesting. I would guess probably just because Emily puts the on him at the beginning that they're just trying to feel out where he sits, seeing he has that little bit of experience, but who knows. I'm glad you mentioned her. So what are your thoughts on this scene we had between the two of them? That's interesting. I mean, like Bruce said, you can move on from that. You can accept your apology. It'll move. It'll be fine. But just because she apologizes doesn't instantly mean that there's a level of trust that's going to be there between the two of them. Yeah, and she basically said the same thing. Out by her pretty early on for very little reason. Yeah, and she and she said the same thing. Like I, like. We're on good footing, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee I trust him or want to be in alliance with him going forward. So we basically see them play nice and say the right things to each other, then go into confessionals and basically say the same exact thing of this doesn't really mean anything. 
So, going into the challenge, what are your thoughts? Challenge? Um, we see the same quote in the Mooj challenge as we have in the past seasons. But there was a neat twist to it this time. In that one, there was two puzzles as opposed to one. So that, I thought, gave any... Took a little bit of effort, uh, emphasis off of the, like, physical strength portion that we've seen kill tribes in previous challenges when they haven't had food and they haven't had fire because they've been losing, like, probably a lot of Lulu would have been if they were still around Yeah. at this point. Um, but the other thing I found really cool is that I, and I didn't notice that the, I want to say Bellow, it wasn't really Bellow. It was just people that were drawn on the blue side of the, um, challenge. But cause at this point they're all on one beach, but that you had a trip, them solving the second puzzle without realizing that the first puzzle was clues to the second puzzle. Yeah, that was cool. I really and... think it was neat that production decided to put those on the back so that if a tribe was attentive, it would help out. I mean, nobody did in this point, but it's certainly something that could come back again in future challenges and maybe somebody that's not the best at puzzles, but has the awareness to see that those clues there could pull out a come from behind win. Yeah, and what a comeback it was, too. Like, awesome teamwork and comeback from the red team to get that win. So, great for yeah. them. And so... From before that, though, I just wanted to ask you, what did you think about Katura's decision? In terms of who to support. I probably would have picked the blue team also. Because they had a lot of the stronger. It seemed at first like they had. The stronger team. That would have done better in this challenges. And it looked really good to start with. The blue team crushed it through the like. The cart portion. And even got to the puzzles first. But. Red team crushed it on the puzzles. So. Exactly. I agree. I was I was going in saying I wasn't sure exactly how to go because in my mind the two best players for puzzles in this game would probably be if I had to guess Drew and Kelly and they were on opposite sides. Yeah. But she played it really well. She did. She's been killing it this season. Yeah. So, here's what's interesting to me, is we get to the merge feast, and Reba immediately starts throwing J. Maya's name out there. Like, normally, in a situation like this, we see, even if people haven't been working together pre-merge, they want to keep their tribe numbers together and get someone out from a different tribe. But here we see the Reba people at merge feast just go right after J. Maya for some reason. Um... I mean, it makes sense to a point where as Drew, Austin, Julie, and Dee have all kind of been in charge of that four. It almost the four of them almost remind me of like the younger alliance in Africa in this point. Yeah. On um Boron, I think it was Boron the Red Tribe in Africa where you're like Yeah. Yeah. Well oh. 
Baran was the feels... yellow one that Ethan was on. Pardon? Baran was the yellow one that um, Ethan was on. I'm mixing them up, Sam Blue then. But um it, they almost remind me of that younger alliance where it's like Austin, Drew, D and Julie are so drunk on power in that original Uber tribe that nobody else is really there. Be yeah. Voting for Sifu when you have Sean ready to go home and now throwing Jay's name out there at a merge feast. Yeah, they, they're playing well in the sense that they've got power and haven't really been targets yet. But what they're doing with their power kind of leaves me scratching my head sometimes. Like, sometimes I think D's been playing really well. And then other times I just, like, like with throwing a vote at Sifu and here throwing J. Maya's name at him. I just don't know what Reba's doing half the time. My guess, and I don't have any clue. I'm not subject to any spoilers for this show. But... My guess is almost that I see D kind of like going back to 41 playing a Shan type game where she's a very dominant player, but is probably gonna go home sometime in the mid-merge. Yeah. And real quick, because you weren't on this recap last week, and I told this to Kevin, and you, I think you listened to the recap, so you heard me say this. Listen. Drew had a really good episode last week, but I refused to pick him for my player of the week for the sole purpose of someone approaches you and says, hey, let's form an alliance. Who in their right mind says, no, I'm good, the way Drew did with Brando? Like, that just makes you a target to the other. Like, what what were your thoughts on that real quick, going back to last week while we're talking about Reba making dumb decisions? Yeah, same. I think it ties into what I was just saying, that that alliance thinks they're set to Final Four, and they have since pretty much they formed back on the original Reba track. Yeah, and I don't know. It's going to hit him I mean, at some It might point. work, but odds are it's not going to. <laughs> they are a strong alliance, but they're not making smart decisions. Yeah. And so, staying with them. For entertainment value on television. Yeah. I mean, Stay. such a fun group to see and such a diverse group, too, when you have, like, Drew being the nerdy guy that's the student working with Austin, who's as you see as more of like a funny player and a challenge buff, and D, who's a younger girl from Miami, and Julie, who could be any of their mothers. Yeah. And so, staying with the merge feast, so the first thing we see is all the Reba people immediately throw their tribe mate, Jay, under the bus. But then, like, the next moment after that, we see, I forget who starts it, but someone says, hey, Caleb's a little bit of a threat. And then all of a sudden, everyone at the table is, oh, yeah, we should go. It goes from, let's go after Jay to, let's go after Caleb, instantly. I mean, that's not surprising, because of anyone to come from Reba, Caleb is a huge threat. He is. Caleb's probably one of the most likable players in the new era. He is, and he's talking to absolutely everyone. Yeah. And, like, I get why, but he could do a better job of hiding it as we see it almost come back on him this time. So, back at camp, while the merge feast is happening, 
this is interesting to me because we see those two names get thrown out at camp at, at the merge feast. But back at camp, the people who aren't at the merge feast are talking and the same exact two names come up. The unique thing for them is they're in a different position than the people who are at this point already made the quote merge. And and that's that the people back at camp don't have to just cast a vote tonight. They have to vote for one of their own. Yeah, for sure. So they those not stra- able to strategize in the open with each other and try to see how they want to move forward in the game, but they have to strategize behind each player's back, knowing that it could easily be flipped on them and that you don't have the whole tribe. You have a one in six shot, what is it, of going home. Yeah. And so... <laughs> point make it through this vote your odds become better than they better in the next vote than they are tonight for another five votes yeah and by the way speaking of one in six you and i have been wondering on this podcast if someone can give their shot in the dark away to another player someone emailed in on fire and probes answered it it wasn't me although i did email it but someone else that's who they read and the answer is yes, you can give it to someone else, but one player can only use one shot in the dark at a tribal council. So, like, you can't play two and make your odds better, but you can give it to another player. So you can see, eventually, then I guess from hearing you read that, play two at two different tribal councils? Do what? Yeah. Like, you can, like you, can like play- you can play mine tonight and play somebody else's... Oh. Two tribals from now? Yeah, that's how I understood it. You just can't play both of them at the same tribal council and make it one and three instead of one and six. You can't sacrifice a vote that you don't have. I assume you'd be sacrificing your own vote again. Which wouldn't make any sense. So that's interesting. I mean, if you say say somebody gives theirs to Caleb down the line and he's in trouble, he can play it and risk his vote again. And oh, possibly save himself again. I can see it making sense. It makes sense. And so the merge feast crew comes back to camp, and we have this Caleb versus J. Maya scrambling for a while. What stuck out to you here? Oh, and I guess we'll get into this, but. Because we have this scrambling moment, I was just a bit surprised that the whole tribe was able to unify. Yeah, that and what stuck out to me is everyone's making good arguments on both sides. But even like when his Bellow Alliance is out here saying, well, maybe we go for Jay. Bruce is just adamant, like, no, we're not voting for anyone other than Caleb. And like... For the guy that came in wanting to be the Funkle and not be dad, he's kind of becoming a bit of a boss and kind of Boston Robbish compared to wanting to be the fun uncle coming in. And I don't know if he realizes that or not. At least he's doing it now and 
less so on day one, and therefore he's in a good position in the game to be able to go pretty far. Yeah, that's true. And his now Bruce has quite a few different alliances out there, so and we've only ever heard one person bring his name up. So yeah, I mean she we've heard her bring it up about a million times. So maybe that's be interesting to see if more people bring it up at some point soon, or if she goes at some point soon. It her her vendetta against Bruce has kind of reminded me of Survivor Samoa, where Shambo just has this weird thing against Laura Moret for no reason, and it felt very one sided. Yeah, that made not that much sense, but. Not much Shambo said in that season made much sense. No, but she was good TV. She sure was. So, and here's the thing that sticks out to me. Amongst all the scrim, when you mentioned this, the tribe unifies on Caleb. They asked, Someone asked if they should split the vote, and they say no and decide to put all me. of their votes on one person. Why would Survivor doesn't hasn't done recruiting for a little while? These are all fans of the show that know the game and have applied to come play. Why are we not splitting the vote? Like, what do you gain by that? No entire sense. I'm trying to remember who it was, but a past player from the new era posted online, like, why why do you ever not split the vote when you have this many votes? Yeah, for sure. It's just weird. I'm surprised not only... Did they not split the vote? But with, like you say, they're not doing recruiting. These are fans of the show. How is one person not being intelligent enough to say, even if all of them aren't going to split the vote, fine, I'll split my own vote and I'm in charge now. Yeah, and if someone had done that, they would have picked who went home last night. It probably still would have been J. Maya anyway, because she was the other target. But And then... Really cool scene before we get get to tribal is we once again see Emily have to come to Caleb and tell Caleb, hey, your name's being out there when he somehow had no idea. And that gives him a little bit of time to scramble. And it obviously didn't, his scrambling didn't do anything, but it looked like the people he was going to were considering it. When she says, Emily says, Bruce is throwing your name out there. And Caleb fires right back with, hey, Bruce has an idol. Like, and they're both still in the game. So it'll be interesting to see how the aftermath of that little move unfolds. Sure will be. Because, I mean, now that Emily has that information, when, hmm, I just don't see Emily, like, saying something that might rub Bruce the wrong way and trying to, out information he has to the whole tribe. Yeah. Where have we seen that before? Well, and he said it to more than just Emily, too. So, so we go to tribal, and my first thought is, this is so many people for one tribal. It's too much. It's, what's wrong with 10? I don't know. How many was it? It was 12? Thirteen. Thirteen, okay. Because you had six and six, and then you had Katua get to decide which group she wanted to be on. Oh, that's right. So, 
I guess, I mean, it makes sense to a point because they probably want to have a final three with a nine-person jury, and that, that makes 12, and therefore, if you don't do it now, you either have to start the jury right away if you do it next week, or you have a situation, which I know we saw a few times, but I literally hate when this happens, when you get a juror who didn't get a chance to live with all of the final three. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, they're not even really basing their vote based off of any experience in the game. They're just basing it off of what they heard in Tribal. And who knows how much of that is truth and how much of that is nonsense. Yes, for sure. And so what are your thoughts about this earn the jury, as I call it, tribal? Um, I the interesting thing, we just talked about it, but like we were saying with the tribe being able to unify, is that I thought it was really smart on her part that Emily votes against Caleb despite the alliance because she didn't want to look like she was the only one that wasn't going to go with the group as a whole. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've seen people saying, oh, she betrayed him in a way by voting for him. Like, no. Like, she told him the truth, that she, what she knew. Yeah. And she did the best that she could with her game. And now that he's safe, I mean, I'm sure they're still going to be working together. And if think about it this way. If all the votes come in for Caleb and then one vote from Emily for someone else, that pretty much exposes how tight of a duo they are, one, and puts a target on her also. And two, it makes it look like she's next. not willing to work with other people. That's right. And so we talked about J. Maya going home a little bit earlier, just so. Real quick, before we get into a line blindside first boot, Caleb walking up to the voting booth and just shouting Jay's name loudly made me laugh so much. Yeah, it was funny. So, a line blindside first boot, what you got? When we do that, uh, just quickly, I want to talk about the actual shot in the dark, because we finally see shot in the dark work. Yeah, it wasn't useless for um, us. Yeah. I, I saw something online, and I just want to get your opinions on this before we get into it. We've seen it now work. It's probably going to be part of the game for the foreseeable future. We've also seen it not work a number of times. What do you think about the one in six? Do you think that's a good number? I think it's an okay number. I think they probably spent a while workshopping what number would be best for that, and this is what they came up with, so I trust that. But... Shot in the dark has pretty much been useless up until now. I mean, anytime someone's tried it, it hasn't worked, I think. I'm so to see it work. Yeah, it's fun to see it work. Everyone's reaction to it working was incredible. Especially when my first, first round draft pick in my fantasy league was the one who played it. I'm oh. like, I got the first ever points in fantasy survival for shot in the dark. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I'm okay with the one in six. It... It finally wasn't useless, and that was fun. I enjoyed it. I loved everyone's reactions. So, yeah. Into a line blindside first boot, do you got a list of players? Yeah, so I've got three players that went home on idle plays after not getting a majority of the votes, like like J. Maya did, the first one here. 
So I've got Andrew Savage, Alexis yeah. Jones, and JT Thomas. I'm going to steal your strategy for this one and first boot JT as a winner. Yeah. yeah. I am going to align with Alexis. Um, I think she'd be a very trustworthy ally, and then we also have that kind of like mutual connection through Parvuti. Yeah. And that leaves me to blindside Savage. And I mean, we know when Savage gets blindsided, he goes out in some very entertaining ways. So that's always great for the season. Yeah, for sure. I think my answers would be the same. Because JT's plays like a bonehead in Heroes versus Villains and Game Changers. But if the JT from his first season does show up by chance, you really can't keep that guy around. So take I'd take him out first. And then I just feel like Alexis would be easier to work with than Savage. So a good point. So now I am gonna go into a theme, but a complete opposite. Um, in that we saw Caleb use his advantage perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give you you three players who properly played successful advantages. Nice. So your three players today are Carl from David versus Goliath. Who? What's it? From David versus Goliath with the idol nullifier. Okay. Aurora from Edge of Extinction playing her extra vote. And Debbie from both Korong and Game Changers. No, Debbie's gone first just because I don't want to deal with her. Um, I'll just say this because I always make a joke when I hear anything reminds me of Debbie is I always tell people there was a whole five seconds of Debbie's time on Survivor I could tolerate. And it was the five seconds it took her to write those seven letters, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, at Final Tribal Council. And then I couldn't stand her anymore again. Yeah, so she's gone first. I guess I will blindside Aurora and align with Carl. I don't really... Neither of them stick out to me as a better option than the others. So that's just what my gut in a trivia contest In a online trivia game with Carl that he hosted during COVID, he was so great to chat with as well as he was really funny online. Nice. Well, this was a fun episode, dude. It was. So look out for this episode on Monday, and then we'll be back with my Legends cast, which we're going to be recording this week, and that'll be out later next week as well. Yep. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure on YouTube to like the video and subscribe to the channel. You'll get all of our videos that way sent right to your homepage. Bye, guys. Have a great week.